Hello everyone and welcome to episode 27 of the Unlocking British English podcast. My name is Shane and in today's episode I'm going to talk about soap operas, more specifically British soap operas, but soap operas in general. Uh, if you're not entirely sure what I mean when I say a soap opera, don't worry, I will of course get into all of that in a second, but before I do, just a couple of quick reminders. Uh, as always, if you would like to download the transcript for this episode, you can do that for free on the website right now. It's www.unlockingbritishenglish.com uh, or just click on the link in the description wherever you are listening to this podcast. Also, if you are enjoying this podcast and you would like to access even more content, bonus episodes and more, you can do that on the Patreon right now. That's Patreon com slash unlocking British English. So yeah, today's subject is going to be soap operas. Um, and so yeah, let's start at the beginning. What is a soap opera? Um, a soap opera is just a radio or television series uh, usually dealing with kind of day-to-day -day situations um, that's most commonly characterized by lots of drama uh, and a kind of ensemble cast, right? An ensemble cast is where you have, um, so instead of having like a main character and then his friends or her friends or whatever, um, you have, you know, multiple characters and they all share pretty much an equal amount of story time, amount of uh, screen time, uh, like Friends, for example, that's an ensemble cast, you don't have one main character, they all equally share the same amount of time, more or less. Um, and so, uh, yeah, the main sort of characteristics that define soap operas are the kind of family life, the personal relationships, the emotional dramas, the moral conflicts. Um, like I say, it's, it's, it's the kind of day-to-day -day kind of stuff. Um, most soap operas will follow the lives of, you know, a group of characters that live in the same place or work in a particular place, um, or maybe, you know, focus on uh, one specific extended family. But generally speaking, you've got a group of family a group of characters, sorry, uh, that live or work, you know, in the same place. Um, usually they'll, they'll run, you know, multiple episodes a week uh, and they'll run continuously, which is to say, you know, you don't have like season one, season two, season three, you know, maybe they release one season one year and then the next one the next year or whatever it is. Uh, these are just running continuously. Usually you've got multiple episodes uh, a week. Uh, and so another kind of crucial part uh, of the, the soap opera format, let's say, is the kind of open-ended nature of the story, right? So um, every episode is what we would call a cliffhanger, right? Meaning, you know, you get to the end of this kind of important part of the story and just as you're about to reveal the next piece of information or see what's going to happen next, that's the end of the episode. And so it's like each episode ends uh, with you wanting more and this kind of promise that the story is going to continue and continue. Um, and yeah, like I say, they have these uh, ensemble cast, you know, of different sizes depending on the show. Uh, but it means that usually you have these kind of multiple storylines that all run at the same time, multiple storylines that are all happening at the same time, and they run concurrently. Um, so, you know, obviously some of them will uh, cross over, some of them will 
impact on different things that are happening on the show. Some of them will just uh, happen, you know, by themselves um, and run independently. Um, and so because of that, you have, you know, different episodes that will show more of certain storylines, more of certain characters. Sometimes certain characters won't appear in, you know, every episode in different things. Um, and yeah, so you have this kind of rotation of both the storyline and uh, the actors. Um, and especially with like, you know, modern popular soap operas, they're usually doing a lot of episodes a week, sometimes like um, you know, three or four times a week. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a lot of work for to continue every single storyline all of the time. So, um, yeah, you have this kind of natural rotation of, of stories. Um, so, yeah. Where did soap operas actually come from? Uh, where did it all start? So soap operas actually started on the radio because they began before TVs were invented. Um, and the first program that is generally considered to be uh, a soap opera by the people whoever studies these kind of things, I don't know who that would be, but anyway, uh, they say that the first ever soap opera was a radio show that's called Painted Dreams, uh, which is, yeah, like I say, a radio show that premiered on some radio station in Chicago in 1930. Um, and the reason that they call, that they're called soap operas, uh, the reason that we call it a soap opera, uh, apparently originates from the fact that the original radio dramas, these original radio shows, uh, were being sponsored by soap manufacturers, people that made soap, soap companies, right? Um, apparently that's where the name came from. Um, I had no idea about that before I looked up for doing this episode, but yeah, that's uh, apparently <laughs> where it comes from. So anyway, um, the soap operas in the UK generally tend to focus on like I said, kind of everyday characters, everyday situations, normal situations, um, sort of working class environments. Um, that I say that kind of as opposed to how soap operas work in other countries. For example, in America, um, not always, but sometimes the the soap operas are a little bit more kind of glamorous. They're a little bit more sort of Hollywood, so to speak. Uh, whereas the soap operas that we have in the UK, or at least the the most popular, long-standing ones, are generally a little bit more down-to-earth, we could say. Uh, like I say, sort of frequently set in these kind of working-class environments. It's not normal day-to-day -day working class people <clears throat> excuse me um, and so yeah because of that I think they they, they probably can be uh, pretty good for learning um, in terms of you know kind of learning how normal people talk and what they talk about and kind of what things are um, important in their lives now of course you know another thing that defines soap operas is this kind of over-the-top dramaticism um, in both the acting and the storyline sometimes of course to varying degrees so it's not going to be a you know a, a, an exact representation of how English people are watching uh, British soap operas but um, still you know I think it can be uh, probably a pretty good a pretty good resource um, and so yeah in terms of soap operas in the UK um, they again you know began on the radio um, and in that time the radio was pretty sort of dominated and associated with uh, the BBC um, and it turns out that actually initially the BBC didn't really want to have 
uh, soap operas, what, what were being known as soap operas, on their radio, uh, on their programs, because they thought it was going to have a negative effect on their image. They thought that wasn't what they were trying to do. Um, but actually, they first began broadcasting uh, a soap opera that was called Frontline Family uh, in April of 1941, and they were broadcasting on their uh, North American shortwave service, which means the the, the uh, radio channel that would go out to, to North America, uh, to the United States. Um, and supposedly that was to try and encourage uh, the American intervention on Britain's behalf in World War Two, which is uh, basically to say that we <laughs> they were putting it uh, this show on BBC uh, that was going out to America to try and kind of win the American favor, so to speak, to win the vote of the American people um, so that the Americans would be um, more likely to want to join in, in World War Two. Uh, apparently. I didn't know that again, but yeah. And so, yeah, despite the BBC initially not actually being that keen on the idea of having uh, soap operas running through their programming, uh, for, fast forward to now, um, in the UK, soap operas are easily one of the, the most popular genres still today. Um, they're often on TV during prime time, you know, the most popular hours on, on TV. Um, and so we have of course, lots of different soap operas here in the UK, uh, but there are four that I would say are kind of the most popular, um, and those are Coronation Street, EastEnders, Emmerdale, and Hollyoaks. Uh, you might have heard of one or some of those. Uh, EastEnders, I would say, is, is going to be the most popular, um, and so, yeah, but they're all consistently, um, you know, regularly watched and highly rated on television. Um, it, it, they're the kind of shows that not necessarily everyone watches them all the time, but pretty much everyone has seen them. In fact, even the Queen herself has admitted to enjoying watching a uh, soap opera every now and then. Um, and so, yeah, like, they're... They're, they're still very popular today, but I would say that they are less popular, a little bit less popular uh, than they were. I think when I was growing up, so I guess like during the 90s when I was young, I remember my mum watching EastEnders and Coronation Street most nights when it was on. Um, and, you know, I felt I feel like it was a pretty normal thing. A lot of people watched it, um, but... Not necessarily everyone watches it now, um, but yeah, they, these are these are super popular shows. Um, as an example, uh, the the Christmas Day nine uh, the Christmas Day episode of EastEnders uh, in 1986 uh, is actually the highest rated single channel broadcast in the history of UK television. So that means uh, it was the show. A show that's so the highest rated single channel broadcast. So a single channel broadcast meaning that something is being shown only on one channel. So sometimes when you have big major events, uh, I don't know, a big sporting event, for example, like the World Cup or the Olympics, often you'll have multiple TV channels covering the same thing. So you might be able to see it on, on two or three different channels. Um, 
EastEnders, in this case, this Christmas Day episode in 1986, was the highest rated or the highest watched and uh, continually watched um, piece of UK television that was shown only on on one channel, uh, and it received just over 30 million viewers, uh, which is quite a lot of people. Uh, so yeah, on Christmas Day, 1986, there were more than 30 million people in the UK watching EastEnders, um, and it, it, it's so popular that in fact overall, including things that were shown on multiple channels, uh, it still ranks third in UK history, uh, and that's behind the 1966 FIFA World Cup, uh, which 1966 was the year that England were in the final um, and that we won. Uh, so, yeah, that was the most viewed. Uh, and then the second most viewed after that was Princess Diana's funeral, which was in 1997. So even with things that were shown on two or even more channels, uh, that episode of EastEnders is one of the most watched things in TV history, uh, to give you a bit of a, an understanding of the, um, I guess, the popularity or the importance. Um, yeah. So, yeah, as I said, it started on the radio, uh, but we generally associate soap operas with the television, you know, today. Um, so I wanted to talk about kind of the, the bigger soap operas that we have uh, in the UK, kind of the two big main ones. Um, like I say, we have uh, lots of different soap operas. There are four main soap operas that kind of everyone knows, but uh, the main two that I want to talk about uh, are just like the two that everyone has seen, everyone knows about, everyone has watched some episodes at some point in their life for the most part and so the first one is uh, Coronation Street um, so Coronation Street is sometimes referred to also as Corrie uh, it's just a shortening um, and so it's about the the people who live on Coronation Street which is uh, just a little terrace street in a place called Weatherfield which is a fictional town a made-up town which is based on uh, inner city Salford which is a part of Manchester so basically Coronation Street is a made-up street in Manchester um, this started broadcasting uh, on a channel called ITV in 1960 and it is still going today there's over 10,000 episodes um, and in September of 2010, it became the world's longest-running television soap opera. Um, and yeah, like I say, it's still uh, still running today and still popular. Um, it averages around 6 million viewers per episode, uh, and I think it's still running at least 3 or 4 episodes a week. So yeah, that's, that's quite a lot of people watching uh, regularly. And yeah, I think... You know, Coronation Street, well, like most soap operas, but just in general, Coronation Street is kind of enjoyed because it's, yeah, it's a very kind of down-to-earth, regular kind of working-class community, uh, but it's also, you know, quite funny, uh, and it has a lot of, like, memorable characters, strong characters, um... Uh, well, I say that not so memorable that I could give you a, a, a big list of so many, but I could I could see a few people in my head. It has, you know, these strong, bold characters, uh, and so yeah, Coronation Street is a show that uh, is is very popular in the UK and has been for a very long time. Uh, well, they recently 
celebrated their 60th uh, anniversary uh, in December of 2020, last year. So, yeah, Coronation Street. Uh, and so the second is EastEnders. Um, even though uh, EastEnders started after Coronation Street, and Coronation Street is super popular still, um, EastEnders is the most popular, the most well-known um, ev from everything to the from the kind of intro song to the characters and different storylines that we've had along the years. Um, again, not necessarily everyone watches it still now, but it's still popular in general and uh, it's been super popular and super influential um, for a long time. And so EastEnders is set in a place called Albert Square, uh, which is just in a fictional part of the East End of London, hence the name EastEnders. EastEnders, people of the East End, um, and yeah, the program just follows like the local residents, their families, as they just sort of do their thing, right? They go about their daily lives, um, and so yeah, this was this was popular quite quickly. Um, within the first eight months of its launch, it had reached the number one spot on the TV ratings, um, and it stayed. You know, it's remained among the top-rated series in the UK um, for a very long time. In 2013, uh, the audience share, the average audience share for an episode was 30%, which is to say, um, when at the time in which it was on, 30% of people that were watching TV in the UK at that time were watching EastEnders. So. That's a, a pretty big chunk of people. Um, and it still remains, you know, a significant program today. It's, it shows on, on the BBC. Um, and yeah, you know, there's been lots of big memorable characters, lots of big memorable storylines. Um, they have also, you know, covered some sort of more uh, controversial or things that have seemed more controversial or more taboo um, topics and things like that. And so it's, it's popular, but it has been criticised, you know, through history and stuff sometimes. But um, yeah, uh, it's, it's a super popular show. Um, as a, as a, a, a weird example of its popularity, it's something that I didn't actually know either uh, before, as an example of the popularity of EastEnders, um, uh, the the electricity use in the UK, the use of electricity rises significantly, notably um, after the show and before the show when people are using their kettles to boil water for tea. Um, this is this is I'm not joking. This is something that they've actually observed um through the electricity companies and, th and through the television companies and the electricity companies and all of that. Um, so uh, over like five minutes, the power demand in the UK uh, rises uh, by a notable amount. Uh, the, the amount of energy is the equivalent of about one and a half million kettles. Um, so <laughs> there's, there's anywhere from a million to a million and a half people turning on their kettle before and or after um, uh, EastEnders is on. Um, and this is like, when I say it's noted, uh, I mean like literally the, the national grid, the people who are in charge of our electricity and the usage and everything and how it's... Um, 
how it's sort of channeled to different places, different parts of the country and all of that stuff, um, they actually watch the timings of the show um, to know when the closing credits are coming on, when the show's finishing, so that they can prepare for the surge in electricity, so they can prepare for this rise in electricity. And sometimes, if it's necessary, we'll actually borrow additional or use additional power from France, um, which is absolutely crazy to me. I had no idea that that happened before I was uh, looking up things for this episode. But yeah, that is a random example of the power of EastEnders, <laughs> the literal electric power of EastEnders. But yeah, all of that is to say that, um, yeah, these shows are popular. People watch them. And yeah, I think that, like I say, they're not you know, exactly what day-to-day life is like. Of course, it's entertainment, but I think that they could be a really great resource for people that are looking for more uh, content to to learn from um, because, yeah, they're, they're, they're something that influences our culture a lot. They're very popular and the, the, the content of the show is just, you know, pretty normal people going about their day-to-day lives. So they do have very dramatic over-the-top storylines but a lot of what they're doing and what they're going through is just normal stuff so you're getting a lot of normal day-to-day language you know the most common stuff the the more kind of colloquial stuff uh they're going to talk about you know what's happening in popular culture so you're going to learn about different references and all this kind of stuff so um yeah uh like i said before the most popular ones we have in the uk are eastenders Coronation Street, uh, which I've talked about, both of those. Emmerdale uh, is another popular one, and that is obviously the same kind of idea, but it's based more in the countryside, um, kind of farmers and different stuff. And well, not literally just people on a farm, but yeah, it is out in the countryside. Um, and the other one that's quite popular is Hollyoaks, uh, and that is uh, again the same sort of idea, but we it's focused on. Well, initially it was targeted at a younger audience, so it was a lot more kind of like teenagers, young adults. Now it is kind of catering towards anyone, everyone, sorry, but uh, I would say it still has a bit more of a kind of youthful feel compared to um, EastEnders and Coronation Street. Um, so yeah. Uh, EastEnders, Coronation Street, Emmerdale, Hollyoaks, there's four that you can get started with right now, Uh, you literally have more episodes than you could ever watch in your life, so you've got no excuse for uh, not having content um, if you can get hold of that stuff wherever you're living, and so um, yeah, I guess that is soap operas, as told by me through my ramblings on this podcast so yeah that's everything for today then so um i hope you guys have enjoyed this episode um and yeah i look forward to speaking to you again in the next one